day, everyone, and welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you have joined us. Remember to join me for our next and last virtual WDET Book Club event where we are taking a deeper dive into Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison this summer. This week, I'm going to speak with Sandra Adele, who's a professor of Afro-American studies at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, about how the book relates to political and social movements right now in 2020. We have had a really great time with our book club this summer, with hundreds of people participating in the Facebook group and a course, people listening here to the conversations that we've had about Invisible Man and the themes in the book that resonate today. Last Thursday, we had a really great conversation with NPR TV critic Eric Deggins about portrayals of African Americans on TV over time and how some of them echo the kinds of imagery that we see in Invisible Man. It's not too late to participate in that book club. If you want to go to Facebook, find the WDET book club there. Or as I said, on Thursday, August 27th at 8 p.m., you can join me for our virtual book club event. And you just have to register for that at WDET.org slash events. Up first today, the U.S. House met over the weekend to pass $25 billion in new funding for the U.S. Postal Service. Legislation would also block operational changes to USPS until after the November election. Now, this bill is not likely to pass the Senate, and President Trump has said he would veto it if it reaches his desk. A little later, we're going to hear from Senator Gary Peters, who grilled U.S. Postmaster General Louis DeJoy in a Senate hearing late last week about this issue. But first, I'd like to welcome Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin to Detroit Today to talk more about what the House did on these issues and the Postal Service's role in the upcoming election. Alyssa Slotkin, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. Yes. So talk about what the House did this weekend and what the bills would mean for the Postal Service, especially as we approach an election that will see this unprecedented number of ballots that rely on the mail to get cast. Yeah, well, I mean, I think we we, um, flew in and, and took this vote on Saturday Um, because of just the outcry we've been hearing on our phones um, in mail about slowdowns of the Postal Service. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for whatever the the politics are, I think it's just important to remember that, I mean, like I've gotten 25,000, sorry, 2,500, you know, phone calls and emails um, about this topic just since sort of mid-July. And it's we're hearing very loudly that there's real concerns. So we came in, we voted on this bill, and I think the thing that people need to remember is the post office, since 2006, um, has to prepay their pensions. Mm -hmm. They have to prepay their health care for the postal workers who are going to retire into the future. That was a decision that was made um, before my time, but I think of any business or any organization, if we had to do that, um, we would certainly not be regularly solvent. Um, and so we voted on this big number because that's what it takes to, to sort of fully fund the post office under the legal constraints they were put under in 2006. I'd love to overturn those, mm-hmm. right? I think that was um, intentionally done. But we voted on it as a strong signal um, along with these two hearings, as you mentioned, that Senator Peters 
um, participated in on Friday, and then another one today that's poised to start. Um, just to make the point uh, to the Postmaster General that, yes, obviously, of course, we're all concerned about the election. I got to tell you, the one that's been really um, uh, burning up my phone lines is from veterans on their per- mailed prescriptions. Hmm. Um, 80% of our veterans get their VA prescriptions via the mail, and there's something going on particularly with packages. Um, and uh, so people either are not getting their prescriptions on time um, or are sometimes packages that just have not shown up. So there's a lot of angst in the system now, not just thinking ahead to November. Yeah. So $25 billion is a lot of money. Talk about what that would have done, though, to iron out some of these kinks in the postal delivery service. What would $25 billion be spent on? Well, I think there's uh, making sure that, frankly, we have the funding we need for overtime. Uh, One of the things that I've been hearing just as I talk to postal workers in my district is because of COVID, you know, you did have some folks who got sick. You had some folks who were in a vulnerable group and who are not coming to work. And so the need um, for overtime for postal staff has gone up since COVID at the very moment that they started sending out word that they did not want postal workers receiving overtime. So I hear story after story of folks coming in in the morning and there's packages, there's mail to be sorted, and they're told, nope, just go out, do your run. When you come back, go home, no overtime. And that's just not the ethos of the post office. They're a service, and so they're used to taking care of all the mail and, and packages before they go home at night, even if that means an hour or 30 minutes or two hours of overtime. So it funds overtime. Um, it fully funds, you know, when we need um, uh, adaptive ma- uh, machines to help us sort um, if, they're, if that's required. Um, in to uh, to bring us back up to speed. I know we've had a bit of a controversy about the removal of some of these systems, um, and I hope to see them back. Um, and then, obviously, some of the solvency issues and helping them uh, meet the legal requirements of prepaying. So uh, there's a, a number of different things, but what it would mean on the ground for people just looking for their mail is what we hope that they would not see this disruption in their service, mm. um, that they would see continued mail service uh, six days a week on time, packages coming on time, predictable, which is what we especially um, in some of the more rural parts of the state really depend on. Yeah, yeah. So there was some Republican support for this bill when it passed yeah. the House. But as I said in the open, it seems like it's effectively dead in the Senate. I wonder if you believe that's because of Republican leadership not wanting to advance this bill, or do you think that there is less Republican support in the Senate itself for this than there was in the House? In other words, are there some some just rank-and-file Republican members who might vote for this if it were brought to a vote in the Senate? I do think there's rank and file Republicans who would vote for it, just as there was, you know, Michigan Republicans who voted for it um, this weekend in the House. Um, but uh, I think the, the concern is Senator McConnell is just not putting things forward that he feels the president might choose to veto. He's really not looking to do a vote that differs with the president. So to be honest with you, um, a number of us are having conversations about how we deal with the post office when we get back to the negotiating table on another large COVID bill. Uh, those negotiations broke down in August, early August. 
um, and it's imperative that they get back up running again. And one of the topics of conversation should be at least a stopgap measure for the post office. So my hope is that the signal we sent on Saturday is picked up and put into those large negotiations here as soon as possible. Hmm. So USPS leadership says that a lot of what we're seeing is pretty routine, including the decommissioning of these 10 mail sorting machines here in Michigan. You're somebody who says that that's not so, and you're not buying into that explanation. Tell us, tell us why. Well, here's the thing. I actually, I am, I have no expertise in the postal sciences, right? I I don't um, have special knowledge. What I do know is what it means when I have 2,500 calls coming in on the same topic. Hmm. And I just, these are not people who are political. You know, my veteran community in my district is not looking to score political points. They're looking to get their prescription drugs. And so I have not, um, I don't quibble over one machine over another. I quibble over just the the unambiguous data we have that just was put out uh, by Congresswoman Maloney, who's heading this hearing today, that the delay started in right around July 10th, um, and they've been exacerbated over time. And so for me, if you want to take a machine out because it's not needed, that's fine. But the average person shouldn't see massive disruption in their service, right? And we're all for upgrading. But if the result of these changes since mid-July have been that the average person, I mean, when I go to an event, I just say, raise your hand if you're experiencing any kind of delay in your mail of any kind. Mm. I mean, 80% of the hands go up. And to me, that's the proof is in the pudding. It's in the delivery. It's in the changes. It's in the time it takes to get a package. My brother sent my, my dad a card from St. Louis to Michigan, and it took 10 days, right? That's not normal. Right. So uh, I don't, it's not, I'm not like in love with a machine. Right. I just want the service to be what Americans expect since it's taxpayer dollars to pay for it. Hmm. I'm talking with Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin, a Democrat who represents Michigan's 8th district in Washington. We're talking about the U.S. Postal Service and action that the U.S. House took over the weekend to try to stop some of the changes that are taking place in the post service, the postal service also passing $25 billion to shore up the service as it exists now. This is all in the in the shadow of a serious election uh, issue that could come up in November, given the number of people who are likely to be counting on the mail to help them cast their ballots. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call and let us know what you make of this controversy surrounding the U.S. Postal Service. Uh, what was your reaction when you heard President Trump say that he opposed funding for the USPS because it would hinder mail-in voting in the election, a statement he later walked back. Uh, do you think we should infuse $25 billion into the Postal Service? And we especially want to hear your own thoughts on mail-in voting in 2020. How confident are you that you will be able to cast your ballots that way and that they will be counted? As always, the number on the phones here is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook and Twitter and put comments there, and we'll work them into the conversation. Uh, Alyssa, I want to ask you about what happens if the Senate just doesn't take this up, which seems very likely. Is there another recourse? Is there another path that Democrats and the Republicans who are supporting this can take to make sure that the post office 
gets the help that you guys believe it needs. Yeah, and this is what I was saying about this um, big COVID package that we've been, we were negotiating up until sort of mid-August mm-hmm. or early August. Um, I think that is the vehicle. And I think that, you know, we need to do a number of things in order to help the country recover from the COVID virus. We know most people believe that we need another package. Um, even the president has said that and tried passing some executive orders to that effect. Um, and so for, for me, that's the vehicle we're going to aim to put um, some stopgap measures in for the post office. And we're happy that Senator Peters and Senator Stabenow are going to be in those conversations when the debate comes up, because, um, you know, if you're not going to fully fund the post office, at least allow us. Oh, I think we have lost Congresswoman Slotkin there. Uh, again, the number here on the phones, we're going to try to get her back for the end of that conversation. Uh, but the number here on the phones, as always, is 313 313- uh, 577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. Uh, we're going to try to get back to Alyssa Slotkin in a little bit. Uh, but right now we have Senator Gary Peters with us, who is, uh, of course, uh, a member, the ranking member of the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee. Uh, that committee uh, addressed Uh, Postmaster General Louis DeJoy on Friday. Uh, First, I want to play a little clip of uh, Senator Gary Peters talking with Louis DeJoy about this U.S. Postal Service issue. The Postal Service has always delivered. But Mr. DeJoy, I don't think you have. You have not delivered in this brief tenure so far. For more than two centuries, Americans have been able to count on the Postal Service. But in less than two months as Postmaster General... You have undermined one of our nation's most trusted institutions. That was Senator Gary Peters talking with Postmaster General Louis DeJoy on Friday in front of the Senate Homeland Security Committee. Senator Peters, welcome to Detroit Today. Oh, good to be with you, Stephen. Yeah. So uh, there was this hearing last Friday where Postmaster General Louis DeJoy testified about the changes he's rolled out at the Postal Service. Did we learn anything from this testimony that we didn't already know? Well, we we uh, had uh, some uh, answers uh, provided, uh, but there's still much more to to learn. We need to get uh, the data, which is what we were asking for at that hearing, to see exactly how some of these uh, decisions were made. Uh, because you know, certainly it was clear we, that we have seen a significant reduction in on-time uh, delivery from mail uh, across the, the country. I've uh, launched an investigation as a result of just tremendous amount of uh, input from constituents across Michigan that started calling me saying, what's going on with uh, the Postal Service? Uh, it's, uh, it's delayed. And as I looked into it further and talked to our postal workers and letter carriers and, and mail handlers, who I want to say at the at the top are outstanding folks who work very hard and are committed to making sure mail moves as efficiently and as timely as possible. But then they started telling me new procedures were being put in place that they had not seen before, procedures that were, were had the intent or had the effect of uh, slowing down uh, the mail. And that's why it was important for us to have the Postmaster General come in and testify and why I requested that and uh, pushed the, the chairman to make it happen, and he finally did. So as ranking member of the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee, you launched an investigation into some of these changes that Postmaster General DeJoy recently made. Tell us what you're finding and tell us what you imagine you might find 
uh, in, as this unfolds? Well, it's two, uh, two, two, two phases to it. One is the impact that it's having on folks' uh, everyday lives, and that's uh, significant. The stories we've heard, particularly things like late, late medicines, people rely on medicines to come by the post office. Uh, and uh, you know, the stories that we've heard where medicines have been delayed and folks uh, have to then uh, skip back on some of their uh, uh, treatments or some of their doses. Uh, we had a story that I brought up at the at the uh, hearing where a daughter uh, was is epileptic and needed her epilepsy medicine. It usually comes in three days and didn't come, and she started skipping doses, and uh, she ended up having a seizure. She ended up going to the hospital. I mean, these are really, literally life-and-death kinds of situations, and we're trying to find out exactly where that is happening. Is it just in certain parts of the state of Michigan? Is it throughout the state? Hmm. Is it in parts of the country? And we're still collecting that information, still don't have a clear picture but in terms of the procedures, the things that we heard from our folks uh, in the post office, the, the postal workers and the letter carriers, is that overtime had basically been cut back to, to nothing, which is a problem when you get a surge of mail. You need some overtime to move it out. Otherwise, it piles up and it goes to the, the, the next day. Some of the transportation system, the trucks that go from postal processing center to another processing center, uh, you put on a strict schedule, which sounds good on the surface of it, but what that means is that if... Uh, a large batch of mail comes in 15 minutes after the truck leaves. It sits on the loading dock for an entire day and doesn't uh, move uh, forward, and that uh, then backs up uh, the whole system. And basically, it's been the attitude of management that folks are telling me what they see in the in the processing centers is that in the past, it was always get the mail out, whatever it takes, nothing stays on the floor, everything goes every day. And now it's kind of an attitude, well, go home. I know it's on the floor. You can get to it tomorrow. Hmm. And then tomorrow, of course, that continues to, to be cumulative. And that's what's happening to, to slow the mail down. And the, and the, the data shows that. So, so I was talking with Congresswoman Slotkin earlier, and we do have her back. Uh, she got cut off during the segment. Uh, Congresswoman, welcome back to the conversation. Thank you. Uh, uh, but, but Senator Peters, I, I want to talk to you about this issue of what the House passed over the weekend and the fact that it's unlikely to come up in the chamber where you work, where you were elected to work. Um, uh, why is that true from your perspective? And do you sense that you have Republican colleagues who would like to see this brought up as much as, as you would? Well, I, I think they would. I think if it got to the floor, it would uh, it would pass. I mean, the 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 bill. I have basically the companion bill to what uh, Congressman Maloney put forward in the House, and uh, Congressman Slotkin uh, supported as it went through the House on on Saturday. That's my bill in the in the Senate. Uh, it provides uh, resources the Postal Service says they need. Uh, the Board of Governors have said this is what's necessary to stabilize. The Postal Service, through the COVID crisis, you know, it's important to bear in mind, they've been hit as hard as every other business in America and every other family in America. They've been hit. And as we're supporting those other entities, we should be making sure we're supporting the Postal Service as well, given its critical uh, and necessary function that it has uh, in our country. But if you put it on the floor, I think there would be some Republican senators that support it. We know the Postal Service uh, because of the fact that it is the only delivery service that delivers to every single address in America, which is an important part of its core mission, that rural areas in particular are dependent on the Postal Service. It's absolutely a lifeline for folks in rural areas. And there are a number of my colleagues, senators, who represent very rural states. Mm -hmm. This should not be a a red or blue issue. This is about 
moving mail from point A to point B. Mm. Uh, Congresswoman Slotkin, I want to ask you about what we're about to experience in November. We've had a little taste of that, both in the spring here and in August when we had the, the, the primary. But talk about the significance of the Postal Service in this election and if we don't figure out these problems that are that are arising what we're likely to to endure if if uh, if as many people vote by mail as we anticipate yeah i mean we saw historic um use of absentee voting in our primary that we just had in early august and and our great secretary of state is is su- suggesting that we might have um, as many as 4 million absentee voters um, uh, come this November, which is just a huge jump. We've never seen that. Um, and, you know, we have a system here in Michigan where it's not the postmark um, that determines whether you get to vote. It's the whether it's received um, at the at the at the voting you know location at the clerk's office on the day of. And that's a significant difference. That means mm-hmm. you're at risk if you put your your ballot in the mail on October, you know, 21st, and it doesn't get there uh, by early November, you know, that that is a risk of, of disenfranchising people. So, frankly, I've been already advising people to drop it off at their clerk's box. You know, there's these drop boxes that they're setting up if they're concerned about it and double check on their website of, for the Secretary of State that their vote counted. And well, the point I was making when um, when uh, the, we had some some uh, trouble there with the phone lines was, you know, I've got a kid in the military, my stepdaughter, my son-in-law, they're active duty. Hmm. What about all those tens of thousands of, of uniformed military serving outside of their voting state and then serving in war zones, in combat zones? Um, how are they ever going to vote if there's a delay with the mail going out and then coming back? And that, that idea that the people who have signed up to fight and protect our democracy are the ones who are unable to vote, it just really gets me kind of in my core. Hmm. So uh, it's a real problem as we head to November if we don't fix these cha- fix these problems. Yeah. Uh, Senator Peters, before we break, I want to ask you about Republicans, including your opponent this November, who've been attacking you, saying that you promised to help come up with a plan to fix the financial problems in the Postal Service years ago and that you have, quote, defaulted on that promise. What's your answer that criticism. Well, we've been working aggressively because we do need to, to have postal reform. There is no question about that. I've been working on legislation to do that. Last year, it uh, came to a head where we had uh, some really concrete proposals. But uh, to be uh, perfectly honest, uh, the Republicans simply walked away. Uh, they had no desire to uh, do postal reform. In fact, it's interesting. It's uh, Mark Meadows, who is now the uh, chief of staff to President Trump, uh, was particularly resistant uh, to doing any sort of postal reform. And quite frankly, I think it's what really bad is the basis of that is that there are many Republicans who basically want to privatize the Postal Service. They do not have an interest in trying to make sure the Postal Service is healthy and viable and going forward. I think that's a could potentially be a reason why we're seeing them throw a stick in the wheel right now to, to make things uh, uh, slow down and to get people concerned. It's really about a broader agenda. They believe that the Postal Service should be in private hands and handed off to various private companies instead of being a service, which is what it is. It's a postal service providing mail to every single address in America. That's been a core function that we have believed in, in this country for 245 years, and we want to continue that. Yeah. Okay, Senator Gary Peters and Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin. 
It's really great to have you both here for this conversation. Thank you very much for coming by. Great to be with you. Thanks, Stephen. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we spend the rest of the time today talking about the DNC, which concluded last week, and the RNC, which kicks off tonight. John Selleck and Adrian Hamand, two politicos here who pay a lot of attention to politics, are going to join us to talk about what we expect to see this week in Charlotte. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Thank you.